0: From the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast.
1: Good morning, everybody. It's, wow, let's do that over that's really we never what do happened
0: we are just let's you, you're, do you're it. screaming into the mic now well geez. it did right. it,
1: it, it's usually not that bad that okay we'll try it, again that's okay. way over the sound levels okay, let's try it again
2: try we're, the clap yeah.
1: good morning everybody it's Perry Gruber tiny house podcast
2: good morning this is MJ Boyle
0: Everybody's doing different names. I
1: know. Why did
2: I use my last name? I was says, dumb.
0: you're still, now you're going to be haunted online. Exactly. Then this, oh, this is Mark Rimes. Yeah, that's right. I use my last name too. Take
1: no that. stalking the Tiny House Podcast crew.
2: Oh, I don't know. They can if they want to.
1: Stalk Michelle, don't stalk Perry. <laughs> that's right. My last name is Stevens Stevens. Steven Stevens? Steven, Steven Stevens. Like our guest. Major, major.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: major.
2: So you were singing earlier. So, you want to you start off today's podcast with another with little A, tune. Up, a, with a rendition a tune? of The Temptations? Yeah.
1: Okay. <clears throat> it was the 3rd of September.
2: Da, 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 da. <laughs> That's not how the
1: sound goes. <laughs> She's freestyling. She's too young. She's too, yeah, she is it's too true. young. It's true. I don't know the song <laughs> The Temptations. Know. Papa was a rolling stone.
0: Oh, you're just skipping lines now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> eat, eat your heart out, Deke Derrickson. He's got the hard rock, I've got the soul. That's right. Although I just threw a sign from the rock and days. <laughs> it's, it's a good thing we're not on video. Oh, well, my God. <laughs>
0: that,
2: Downhill that, fast. It's a good thing we're not on a video every day. Exactly. Not just today. It's getting hot in here.
1: <laughs> so
0: take off what? <laughs> <laughs> Again, there's about three people are going to get that reference. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> That's the song I want to sing.
0: I think I heard our people hang up.
1: Oh. <laughs>
2: are they there, Perry? You want to find see. out? Let's see.
1: Alexis and Christian, are you there? Hey there. (laughs) Awesome. So Alexis uh, Stevens and Christian Parsons are the owners or actually they're the owners and the hosts and the, well, they're everything related to Tiny House Expedition. They are the hostesses with the mostesses.
2: Yep. They're the everything. (laughs) Good morning. How are you guys doing?
3: We're doing great. Yeah, doing
1: pretty
3: good. Happy to be on the the podcast with y'all. We're now in Denver with our tiny house. Just pulled in.
1: And you came from where?
3: We were in New Mexico for an evening, yeah. and then we were in Spur Texas, Spur, Texas. Tiny house friendly town. Ah, I was nice. just talking about them
2: last night, actually. Nice. I was just talking about Spur, Texas and their, their tiny house zoning and, and so forth. So um, so where are you headed to next? Well,
3: we're going to be ping-ponging around the state of Colorado for the next month, and then we're going to be camping out um, in a underground, undisclosed location in colorado before the jamboree because we have a lot of video editing to do right on Mm -hmm. oh
2: good for you good for you so tell us how uh i know the story but tell us uh tell our listeners how tiny house expedition came to be like when was your aha moment where did you get your money and what's the plan Uh,
3: good questions um well, Hopefully I think it began. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, early on when we started dating, um, we took this road trip to Michigan from North Carolina, which is fairly random. But in that trip, we learned how much we love to travel together and how well we work together. Mm-hmm. And leaving that trip, we were like, we really wanted to build a teardrop. And, you know, we, so we talked really seriously about that. And Christian was like, well, Familiar with Tiny Houses on Wheels, right? And this was a few years back, and I really wasn't. I've always loved cabins and cozy spaces, but I hadn't. So cue uh, deep dive research and uh, lots of Pinteresting. Um, but I got really inspired by uh, this idea of living simply and having this ticket to adventure and more freedom. And Christian and I are both... Um, divorcees, and I was in a time of my life where I was trying to simplify quite a bit. And Christian had already been there, and he's a man who loves to travel with a camera and a backpack. But so I had this burning desire to do a tiny house for myself, but then I started learning about all these amazing grassroots projects using tiny houses in different ways. And I was like, this is incredible story. I was like, I, I have to go be a part of this. And so then I had this crazy idea to build our tiny house and travel the country to tell the stories of the people and community projects that make the tiny house movement, in my opinion, so dynamic and um, inspiring.
1: And when did, when did this journey begin?
3: Um, well, see, we started building our house in October of 2014.
4: Fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we started building in uh, October 2014. And... Just it was all just learning, uh, um, e- learning on it. Because I'm a photographer by trade, I'm not a builder, so just um, starting there, I had to get a lot of help and learn how to build a house. Uh, as Alexis was um, researching a lot about the communities that were out there, or trying to trying to become out there, trying to um, get some footing, uh, yeah. so we could actually you know, further along this project.
3: But fortunately, we had some good friends with experience, and we were mentored by a friend who's a carpenter. But So it took us about nine months to build with great help from some friends, and then we kicked off our travels in July of 2015.
1: So did the two-year time frame for the journey begin in July, or did it begin when you started building your house? Uh,
3: No, the two years of travel officially started in july now originally i think we thought we were going to travel for a year
4: alexis thought we were going to travel for a year <laughs> and, I, and i knew i knew it was too much too much story out there too many because you know we 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 get to one place and it's like oh we need to be here another day or two um to get more information so um you know it's i, I knew it would be at least two years plus um i like to travel like this so um i i'm having a uh, an amazing time and it, it, it's it's something i really like to do so yeah seeing every corner of the united states
3: yeah definitely appreciate how vast <laughs> this country is uh there's no way to appreciate it like behind the wheel uh <laughs> particularly maybe going 55 miles per hour
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <clears throat> so i'm pretty sure um you were at the jamboree last year right
4: yep yeah, we were there with our house. Yeah, so yeah,
2: that- what, what stop number was that, and what was your experience? Did you do a lot of filming and interviewing and sort of taking advantage of the of the crowd that was there?
3: Oh, absolutely, and what an amazing event that was. That was stop number three, actually, um, but it was our first, uh, it was our longest trip. We traveled from North Carolina all the way out there, um, and you know, we're just like overwhelmed by the turnout, I think, like everybody. But, you know, the, the vibe there, this community spirit was incredible. So a lot of times I was showing the house and Christian was out with his camera mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. trying to capture the essence of the event and a lot of the speakers. And we actually ended up creating five, uh, I think, five videos out of that yeah. um, that are on our YouTube channel, actually.
4: Yeah, sure enough,
1: are cool so how did you guys uh so i presume you guys are in a relationship
3: uh, yep okay. good presumption yes uh, okay yeah. and and she sounded like she was going in a different direction I thought so there. Too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so how did you how did you guys meet
3: uh instagram <laughs>
1: well, seriously we, i've never heard that answer before
3: <laughs> i haven't either kind of like Chris,
2: i'm not yeah. on instagram so
4: <laughs> yeah we actually had a mutual friend uh, when I was living in Brooklyn at the time and had a really a roommate there, this guy John Michael, and he was a really good roommate and lived with me for about nine months and went back to North Carolina. Went back to Winston-Salem. Right. And he was friends with Alexis, so I saw her via Instagram and then <laughs> kind of um you know, just started liking her pictures and stuff. Launchpad
3: and, into you. I'm coming to town, let's have a drink. <laughs> pretty much,
4: yeah. Oh, that's
3: so fun. That's so fun.
1: And then you guys met, and and you fell in love immediately, or
3: we, we hit it off. Hit, we
4: hit it off pretty good. Yeah, that was a yes.
3: Pretty
1: much really, yes. And, oh my, <laughs> interesting. And so Alexis, I so I I, I watched the nine minute video that Deek did at the Jamboree, to the tour mm-hmm. of your tiny house, and it looks like there's a um a second bedroom and a child's place.
3: That, there is. Um. Yeah, we have a second small loft. That's uh, for my nine-year-old son Garrett, and he's with us part time. And in fact, he's flying in today to meet us to spend the summer with us, and I'm so excited. That's cool.
1: <laughs> so, so there's so, so Michelle had asked the question that you didn't answer. So we're going to jump back to that one relative to oh. the you flying your child your your son out to meet you. Where's the money coming from?
3: Oh, thank you for the reminder. <laughs> um, So we've pieced together our funding uh, from different sources. Um, We've done crowdfunding. Uh, We've had some great support that way. We've gotten a couple small grants. Um, We've uh, used our savings. Um, We actually had a flea market booth for quite some time where we were selling our items as we were downsizing Mm -hmm. the help fund. We sell t-shirts when we do events um, and that sort of thing. So... A little bit here and there. We're not fully funded, but we've it's, certainly it's, come a long way. Yeah, it's
4: definitely piecing it together, and um, you know we're always still looking for for sponsors and uh, you know a little <laughs> bit more funding. But
3: yeah, I forgot to mention that we have had some amazing sponsors like U-Haul, which is our truck sponsor, right. and that's how we haul our house. And then we actually do a little bit of freelance photography for <laughs> um, our good friends at Home State Apparel. We do some some video work for them and it's actually really great it fits in perfect with what we're doing it's home tour of america it's, you know what makes home uh home to you and in each state that we travel
1: you guys you guys wear their clothes or something
4: they they may they actually make our t-shirts oh, Okay. And, and we were they, we um we're actually pretty good friends with them they uh they have a their business is actually in uh north carolina. in greensboro north carolina and um, they're just a, a living wage company, and they're just a, a really good um, company that we wanted to be part of.
3: Yeah, but, you know, it's your point. So, like, if we go to, say, um, Arizona, we met this really great um, carved – wooden carved – I can never say this right – carved it's a guy, wood. <laughs>
4: it's a guy It's a guy that makes um, – signs out of wood so wooden signs we actually have one on the back of our house that he made for
3: us but he has this awesome mobile workshop and actually has a loft so it's kind of like a tiny house workshop on you know on wheels and we just thought he was so charming so he he starred in one of our home videos and he wore their t-shirts that say has this shape of arizona says home across the middle of it and he told us about um what home is to him
4: yeah and and that's so that's one of the ways that you know, we get a little extra
2: funding. So was that the, the big... You have a the sign in your house. Is that the one that's shaped like the United States? Yes. Yeah, yes, that, that was featured on sign. my Facebook page for
3: a long time. It was just so, so striking.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's That's a home state apparel.
3: You know oh. what? <laughs> Every time we pull into some place and I go in to set up the house, that's the first thing I do is I put that sign back on the wall. Yeah. yeah. So for the <laughs> listeners,
2: I want to back up a minute. For So for the listeners, your, your plan, your mantra, your goal – is to, you're traveling around the country and you're documenting tiny house stories, but very specifically you're ti- you're documenting tiny house communities, um, how they're being developed, how the laws are changing to allow for, for tiny houses, who is on the forefront of these changes. Um, is that an accurate statement? You wanna talk a little bit about, again, why did you choose this theme as opposed to any other tiny house theme?
3: Sure, uh, great question. Yes. Yeah, so um, our larger piece that we set out to do is a documentary series, and it's about the tiny house movement at large across the United States, but with a real emphasis on tiny house community developments of different kinds, um, including grassroots housing projects, um, and but also the community experience of being a tiny house person um, and the many ways that we're connected. But from that you know, we really came to appreciate, um, all the legal obstacles and and struggles that people have. Um, and so we created this like educational documentary, um, shorter piece called Living Tiny Legally that looks at successful avenues for legal tiny living. And, um, so we talked to the city officials as well as the tiny house advocates and our Favorite examples so far, that, I mean, the top examples are Rockledge, Florida. You know, started with a citizen initiative. Citizen came to the city with this idea about living smaller, which started this amazing brainstorm session, and they were incredibly open minded. And in a fairly smooth process over a few months, they created, I think, the model tiny house zoning you know, for the whole country. And they're just a small community in Florida. I think that's Renee, right? exactly yeah yeah she
2: also just recently accepted a position on their planning commission and we either just aired or are almost airing her uh her interview here on the podcast we just spoke to her really recently that was a a fun exciting story of of a literal individual who's who's changing the landscape for tiny houses in her in her part of the world exactly. and it was
1: it was pretty cool how how she got that thing started too she uh Wanted to live in a tiny house and wanted to build a community, and she just decided to combine the two uh, goals that she had, which is pretty cool. Yes.
3: she's she's a powerhouse. We love Renee.
1: So, so I'm curious about um, more about your both of your individual backgrounds. So, um, Christian, how, why is it that you find being on the road all the time interesting? Where where does that come from?
4: Mm, Good question. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I it's (laughs) (laughs) always.
4: It's it's always about you know going going to a different place, but always finding you know these interesting people. Um, There's always you know I've 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 traveled uh, cross country a couple times, and I've always just bumped into people that are super nice. Always want to help with whatever you know if you have a problem um, or just. You know, they may find, you know, you interesting or I find them interesting. And I really enjoy um, all the all the conversations that I have with people, Um, you know, but I'm also a photographer. So, you know, having all of these different dramatic, um, you know, landscapes to me is also a great backdrop, you know, it makes me um, change my focus of what I'm you know, what I'm feeling or how I'm thinking about something. so it's, it's, I I just really enjoy all of the aspects that go into the travel part.
1: But, but where does that, where does that come from for you? Were you, as a kid, were you, were you stuck in a bubble or something like that and you just weren't able to Uh explore? Uh, So it
4: might be the opposite. My, my, uh, my father's actually from England. So he's had a lot of, um a lot of different stories from when he was a kid, but he traveled to the United States when he was. Uh, 22 years old with the entire family, um, just to for for all of them to work in the United States, and um, you know that's a that's a very uh, courageous thing to do to go to another country, um, and I think that because of that, my 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 parents also have traveled a bit. I mean, mostly it's like camping and you know car camping and you know riding snowmobiles upstate New York and doing. Doing all kinds of different stuff, so I, I think it's always, um, you know, been a, a, a whole bunch of different things that have led me to keep traveling. It's basically what what I think it is.
1: Interesting. And then, what about you, Alexis? What What is it about your background that has you doing what you're doing?
3: Mm. Well, I went. I went to film school and. In North Carolina, and I worked in the industry uh, for a couple of years. Moved to New York um, to kind of test myself, um, and great learning experience. But I ended up moving back to North Carolina, where I got into marketing, and I also had a a, a little a little chat. My son was pretty small back then, um, and I've always had this adventurous spirit, but it's never quite been in the right place um, to to explore that. And for me, this, this project was a, a great opportunity to do a lot of things at once. Um, opportunity to try living simple, simply, in it, because I've been a recovered pack rat, and my, I think my mind's always been cluttered, so that's one aspect for me. But the other, the bigger aspects, too, is to, to get back to my filmmaking roots, and, and to spread my wings um, in a way that maybe I hadn't been able to for, for many years, and... And that's possible because I have this great family network.
1: Do, do you? Do, do you two? Uh, so, so the in the interview you started out saying that that sorry, I'm just kind of stammering here for a oh, minute. It's okay. That Christian was was the it's photographer. It's <laughs> always my
0: fault. Yeah, he's always making I'm eating faces chicken at wings. Angry. Exactly. <laughs> um,
1: that, that Christian was the photographer, and now it turns out Alexis, you've got some filmmaking background too. Do you guys ever argue about f stops and compositions or do you just leave it up to christian alexis to do all the shooting
4: probably not the technical stuff
3: no yeah good news is my filmmaking background is in producing Yeah. Oh, okay. um, so we actually compliment each other really beautifully that's yeah,
4: pretty amazing Nice.
3: so he's our cinematographer i'm the producer but we're co-directors mm-hmm. and with that said yes sometimes
4: <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we argue about con- mostly about content what you know it's
3: well, you know, it's one of those things where sometimes we're in this like when we're shooting, we got this perfect dance and it goes so well and so smoothly. Mm-hmm. Uh, other times, especially when I get, you know, if I get excited or he gets excited, <laughs> I'm like, hey, what about this? What about this idea? Did you see that? Did you get that? And <laughs> then and then he's like, I, you know, yeah,
4: I got it. And then other times it's, you know, we'll ask him this and ask him that is what I'm doing. Because Alexis most of the time asks him ask the question,
3: but the majority of the time, I have to say, we have this tremendous amount of trust in one another. Mm-hmm. And I normally lead the interviews, and and uh, he leads the the shooting. And I know that he's got it covered, and I know we're on the same page. And he he tr- he trusts me. He knows I have it covered yep. w- when it comes to pulling out nuggets from people.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely <laughs> depends on where those nuggets are coming out of. You know?
3: <laughs> I mean,
1: the <laughs> you said it, I didn't.
2: <laughs> thank you for being authentic, because you you know—you could have said, no, we never fight. Yeah. We live in 150 square feet, and we never <laughs> fight. Isn't this lovely? So thank you very much for being authentic. Um, we were laughing a little bit in the studio, because literally, as you were saying the word pack rat... Are you eating or unwrapping something? Because we we've getting some background noise, and so we were laughing, thinking of a little pack rat in the background. that I know
3: of. I don't know. Maybe is a coffee yeah, drink we're drinking coffee. coffee.
1: Oh, something's yeah, going on. That's really
3: there. funny, but
2: surely be, again, because you're in film production, you can understand uh, our sensitivity to the sounds that that we're hearing. So I just wanted to say that's why Perry was uh, losing his train of thought there for a minute. So.
4: I understand. I can. Absolutely. I can, I actually can hear you guys typing.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, that we have to keep notes while we're talking. Otherwise, all this stuff just goes right out of our head after we're done. And I'll just put exactly.
0: my chicken wings so, away. Yep. Exactly.
3: I can so, be fidgety, so I'll make an effort to. Uh, be so,
2: any favorite, um, any favorite <clears> stories yet? We talked a little bit about Renee. Um, any favorite stories really come to mind? Really impressive, or or. Uh, uh, maybe even not impressive, or maybe really overly dramatic stories come to mind.
3: Oh, good really question. Um, that was well,
0: three questions.
3: Good, good three <laughs> questions. Good three questions.
2: <laughs> that's what Michelle does. That's that's my thing.
3: Bang for the buck. I like it. Um, well, one um, incredible experience that we had, which. Uh, was to ended up being, um, an unexpected, uh, inspiring story. And we think excellent urban model for tiny house community <laughs> is this crazy place called Llamalopolis. Um, and it's also known as to the locals as Airstream park. Oh, yeah. And oh, this, yeah. have you heard of that?
1: We, I'm looking we at, the picture, at the picture, I think on you your website. Of it. of it.
3: Oh, yes. great. Yeah. So, so this is in uh, downtown Las Vegas, which over the past uh, handful of years, it's gone through a tremendous amount of uh, revitalization. Um, it's was, it was very run down. Um, and in the past years, they've all these small uh, businesses have opened and families are now coming downtown. And it's it's not at all what you think of as Vegas, though there are quite a bit of, of flashing lights still happening. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's a tiny house in Airstream Village in a a converted old RV park that was really just a parking lot that's turned into this like oasis of community. And so I have to say, um, it has a very well known resident. um, It's the CEO of Zappos, Tony Shea.
0: Good old Tony. Yes.
3: Oh, do you? And Tony is a great guy, he's also a billionaire. And But going in, we were super surprised to find how down to earth all the other residents were and that they came from all different walks of life. And he himself was very down to earth. And we stayed for two weeks, and it was incredible. We had neighbors. All the houses faced one another. People had these, I mean, I'm not trying to overly idyllic, but it was people had these spontaneous encounters just coming and going in their day. And there was spontaneous potlucks that would occur and and the funny thing is a lot of the people who live there most of them actually are introverts the, the, the
1: best, does, does, oh, to, so. does Tony Shea live in an airstream or a tiny house
3: he lives in an airstream though he spends uh, some time in a tiny house and they can cons- everyone who lives there considers it all each their tiny home and most of them consider that their bedroom And the community space is the living area. Um, Now, of course, being Tony Shay and being Vegas, it has a lot of flair there. So there's (laughs) alpacas roaming around and chickens and dogs. And there's this stage in the middle where they have nightly, sometimes nightly jam sessions, you know, and fire pits. There's always fire going. So you always smell smoke and you always smell like smoke. And there's always music in the air.
2: Nice.
3: Nice. But um, that, that sounds was... sounds like
2: camping, like... <laughs> camping in Vegas. Yeah, that does, doesn't that? That just sounds like an eternal camping vacation yeah. in Vegas. Yeah, it does.
3: You know what? You kind of nailed it. Very cool. Very cool.
1: So you, you said something, Alexis, that kind of confused me about this location. You said that everyone considers their... The
0: living room their public living room, space?
1: It, their living room is public space? Is that what you said?
3: Yeah, so yeah, to clarify, their um, tiny home, which would be a tumbleweed, first generation, or uh, a brand new Airstream, which is incredible, um, those are their bedrooms. Um, and the, the shared community space, which is outdoor space, where they have um, some turf down, they have tables and chairs, and there's a community kitchen, and a community laundry, and um, even a community... Uh, workspace slash play space um, which is important because for them a lot of times they spend all their time they spend a lot of time in the outdoor space connecting with one another but having these indoor spaces not only lets them share resources and have access to that but it also gives them a place to go when the weather gets hot and it gets real hot there
1: is it ever not hot (laughs)
3: <laughs> we were there in the winter And it was quite lovely It was perfect It was like 70 yeah. <laughs>
1: Nice
3: So where you uh, I think
2: you said you're uh, I'm sorry Where'd you said you're headed to next?
3: Well we're spending most of the summer in Colorado um, Ping-ponging around we're, This uh, next week we're going to check out Sprout Tiny Homes um, Developing Communities in Walsenburg In Salida, Colorado and uh, we're going get to get the scoop on, on, on that. And uh, we'll also be in our stay in Colorado, be swinging by We Casa.
2: Oh, um, yeah, I've seen that place. Very cool. They're probably booked for the jam, don't you think?
3: I'll yeah, imagine, I yeah. bet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, what are your plans for the jam? Are you going to attend? Are you bringing your film
3: crew with you? We are, um, we're speaking and we're going to enjoy um, enjoy the atmosphere. We're, uh, we're not showing your house this year, and, and partially so we can enjoy connecting with people, and we will be doing um, a bit of filming. So
2: if people want to support your activities, um, talk a little bit about your ongoing funding, your ongoing, uh, ongoing project. If we want to support, if our listeners want to reach out, how do they reach you?
3: Uh, well, thank you very much. Um, you can reach us um, via our website, tinyhouseexpedition.com. Um, we would love connections for parking is a great way to support us. Um, sponsorships that might help with gas, our biggest expense. If you feel so inclined to donate, we have a donate button on our website, um, and this will help us complete our film Um and uh, and also, generally, sh- sharing our, our posts on social media go a long way. Um, and of course, if anyone has questions, be sure to send them our way. Our email is up there, um, and we have a lot of great information on our website that kind of talks about uh, our not-for-profit status or fiscally sponsored project. Um, and we have a good explanation of that is, but we get to enjoy some of the benefits of a, of a nonprofit, but this is a passion project that we believe strongly in, and uh, no one's making money. <laughs> but, uh, so we,
1: we uh, usually ask the question that Michelle just asked toward the end of the show, but, um, and so we're not at the end of the show, I think I wanted to ask you a couple more questions, it looked like Michelle had another one too. So how much more time do you have on this trip?
4: That's a really good question. Um, we're still looking at, I mean, we're about 11 months into it. So, uh, we're still thinking about a year, um, of travel while we go from here West and then up North into, Can- uh, into Canada. So, because there's still, a uh, quite a few places that are trying to put communities together. And, um, we want to, you know, show the diversity and the different ways of 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 them making it all happen.
3: Yeah, and Midwest and um Northeast as well. So we're we're trying to hit every region of the country and so far we've been concentrated in the south um, and, west. and west parts of the country. Um so so yeah, so another another full year I'm uh we're, we're stoked the best part of our travels to date is been all the amazing people and, mm. and the stories that we've unexpectedly fallen into because we had an idea of certain stories that we thought we were going to get, but boy, have we been um, taken by surprise by some of the stories we've fallen into. And I have to say, Texas might not be our favorite weather state, but mm-hmm. boy, Texas is an incredible state for tiny house people. And if you want to see the full spectrum of tiny housers, I mean, all ages, all political backgrounds, all motivations, we got it all in Texas which is a country in itself, basically. <laughs> so,
1: so, so kind of draw, draw that out for us. T- give me some examples of the um, stories that you're talking about and some of the characters that you're talking about, particularly from Texas or other places that you've
3: visited so far. Okay, well, great. I'd love to. Um, one of our uh, very charismatic um, characters or subjects um, was, was uh, Brad from Tiny Texas Houses,
2: character to say the least
4: (laughs) super nice guy made us very welcome there we stayed there for three days i think
3: yeah and uh i mean he's got this um kind of eco village slash now airbnb resort of his incredible house art yeah
4: yeah, the, yeah, the houses are so beautiful.
3: And he's extremely passionate and opinionated about what's right and wrong going into houses, um, as far as chemicals. But mostly, he's like passionate about salvage, and and you know that part really resonated with us. We have a lot of salvage in our house, uh, reclaimed materials. We love reducing. Um, you know, land what goes to the landfill by adding character to our home. Now he takes it to all n- another level. I think 99- he recycles
2: nails, doesn't he?
4: Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. Actually, we didn't, we didn't talk specifically about that, but, but he, he does like 95% salvage on his homes, which is unreal. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's a story about him paying people to actually remove nails out of boards so he could reuse them. The old square headed nails that, you know, that he pulls out of the, as recycled houses. Mm -hmm. Um, again, for our listeners and, and here in the studio, um, Again, he boasts like a 95 99% recycled rate. He tears down houses and piles up all the materials and then builds houses out of wow. out of all this recycled. I think he he definitely uh takes the cake in that in that genre. He takes oh, the
0: absolutely. cake and, and recycles it. Exactly.
3: <laughs> yeah. If you walk into his um if you walk into his warehouse, which is one of two warehouses, I mean the stacks go on for miles it feels like. Yeah. I mean, you could build a hundred houses easy out of what he has. (laughs) And, uh, he's got an interesting property. One piece of it was like, we arrived, it was like sunset and there's wildflowers and there's these little fuzzy floaties in the air. And then there's three of his amazing houses lined up in this like little valley. And we're like, you know, it was like, Oh, I mean, it was incredible. And then he takes us for a tour of the property that includes this huge cavern that he made. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was a little intense because you're going down underneath this massive earth that he made and you're just trusting that <laughs> you <know some> stuff. <laughs> it's not going to fall in your head.
0: I've seen Pulp Fiction. I know.
2: Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're trusting. Is there a barrel down there? <laughs> um,
3: so,
4: But yeah, so it, I mean, it was a wonderland. We have all kinds of pictures on our uh, Instagram of, of, of the... Um, Texas tiny yeah. houses.
3: There's a great short doc out there by uh, about him, Willy Wonka of tiny houses, and, and that's about right. So he was a, a fun one. And um, another uh, great time we had was at the, uh, and this is kind of into some some legal nerdy stuff, but the Construction Careers Academy in San Antonio is a high school program, and they built four amazing tiny homes. I mean, the craftsmanship that these kids had uh, on these houses was just out of this world and, and technical ability. Um, and uh, so they set it up like a little tiny house village, and they had a, a public auction. And um, But we, there's two really great things. One, their houses were inspected by a top city inspector. And that's partially for educational purposes for the kids, you know, to go through all the steps of um, construction from you know, idea design to, uh, you know, completion and all, all that includes. But the other part is there's actually a model here for um, how the city inspected it to international building code. There's a few exceptions, um, but he certifies it to the standards. He certifies it to the standards that he's thought he can't. He doesn't give it an issue of occupancy, but he tells you what he inspected it against. And they all pass. And he's a stickler for detail. We talked to this guy for a long time. He's passionate about about building code. But what he, he said something too, interesting. He said he was looking at these homes with the intent of the code versus the letter of the code. Um, and, and now this last week, Pima County, Arizona, has created some tiny housing on foundation, zoning, and building code allowances that are doing somewhat similar to what he was doing on the building code side of saying... We're looking at these based on the international building code, but there's these exceptions, and this is why we feel comfortable giving a tiny house this exception. So on the nerdy side, it's just some exciting stuff because it shows uh, an avenue for um, legal acceptance um, on the building code aspect. But the other really neat thing, and this was actually a fun story, this guy from this nutty urban planner in California came down, and he bid and bought all four houses. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Talk about, about. Oh, yeah, he
4: and he got exists. a deal. He got a good deal on each house. It was. It was. It was. Um, it was pretty
1: cool to see. And what's, I filmed the whole thing. What's great. he going to do with it? With those houses?
3: Well, that's the fun thing. He um he th- thought he might take him to a property he has in Reno, but um he he's very well connected um, with the city there, but it kind of came up into a, a NIMBY block. You know, not in my backyard. His yeah. his house is a, yeah. a little too nice of a neighborhood, um, but now he has kind of a either a brilliant or a harebrained idea. We'll see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he created this. He's he was pitching to cities. He's putting it out there. Who wants to in California and Nevada? And um, you know, is there a city who's interested in doing a pilot program? Um, with the tiny house uh, community and, you know, and and these are the specs that they've been certified to and, and yada, yada. Um, So he's hoping that he can entice, at least have an icebreaker of a conversation with a few communities um, by, by putting this out there and he's doing it via flyer and, you know, not just flyer, but like marketing and um, calling on people in different cities that he's, he knows knows. So more details on that to come. I don't have them all, actually, but he's uh, he's trying to go uh, a totally different way. Instead of starting at the grassroots with working on changing all the ordinance, he's kind of saying, like, is there someone who's interested in doing this pilot program? And from there, we can figure out the, the plan.
1: What's that guy's name? We might want to interview him.
3: His name is Darren Dinsworth. And he is, uh, oh, and he lives on a houseboat. I love that. Wow. Wow. Um, so wait a minute. Not
2: yeah, I was in gonna, my backyard. Yeah, exactly. If I was going to say the same wait thing. Wait a minute. Not in my backyard then takes on a whole new connotation. Well, but he,
1: she said that he had this really nice house in this nice neighborhood, but he lives on a house. On a house well, park.
2: I imagine if you have enough money to buy four tiny houses with one check, you probably have more than one place to sleep. How does a government employee have that much money? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe saved really well when he, he was when He was younger. <laughs>
1: He's a consultant. It, it Consultants
3: is ca- get paid more, right?
1: Oh, he's yeah. a consultant. Okay.
2: Well, you can ask him when we get him on the podcast. Exactly. There we go. Look forward to a podcast interview with Darren Densworth. If we can get hold of him.
1: I like his name. DD.
0: Darren Densworth.
3: Yeah. Cool. Cool guy. He's, he's really brilliant. Actually. He's done a lot of sustainability plans for cities, small and large in the Western part of the United States.
0: So, so Darren's a new name we haven't heard before. You guys, in your expedition, traveling around, who else have you met that's kind of a below-the-radar, tiny house, interesting person, people, persons?
2: You mean Tony- <laughs> trying to pull, <laughs> trying Tony- to pull a
0: Michelle there, but it was really just whatever.
2: Only Michelle it. can pull a Michelle. So oh, Tony that, Shays, that's not under the radar then? That's very under the radar
0: for a billionaire, which is <laughs> yeah, pretty cool too. we got to get him on the show. Yeah, yeah,
4: but, yeah, well, Tony's very under the radar, and he, you know— it's, They like to keep it that way too. But um, Um, he was real, super interesting. And it was interesting to get his, um, you know, his take on the tiny house
0: living.
3: Yeah. And we had to work hard for that interview. Yes, we did. He was a gracious host, but not necessarily wanting to be in front of the camera.
0: Yeah. He's Um, more shy. Yeah, Yeah, very shy.
3: But um, are you guys familiar with Dominique Moody? Uh, Michelle? Nope. Nope. Okay. (laughs) Well, you're going to fall in love with her. Probably she uh, Dominique Moody is an artist and a tiny houser, and she's probably the most fascinating, intelligent, well-travelled kind person we've ever met, and yes. I'm not exaggerating.: No,
4: she's not. What
1: makes um, her all of those things
2: is she Is she currently partnered with uh, gypsy soul?
3: Oh, yes.
2: Uh-huh. They're um, Tiny House Trailblazers. Trailblazers. Hey, uh, we're doing a podcast interview live with them oh, at, at the uh, Jamboree. Yeah, at the Jamboree. So right on. I said no, but I meant yes. <laughs>
3: well, oh, I'm so excited. You're going to just love her. Um, so Dominique approached the build of her house. And let me just give you a side note. She's legally blind. Um But she approached the build of her house, which she did herself, um, with very little help, um, as an assemblage artist. Um, And hers is, is, she calls it living art. It's a fully functional home um, that was crafted from found items, reclaimed, salvage items. Wow. um, Wow. Beautifully curated in this um, really epic tiny house um got to look her up com. um and she, so she's had tra- her traveling is in her blood and um her house is called a, a nomad which is actually an, an acronym but um a narrative well i'm not going to do it right now but but <laughs> look her up but nomad but she but she is a nomad um in her in her ancestry and in fact her siblings and her parents traveled for many years, lived in a uh, in a, a camper for for many years, traveling around, mm-hmm. um, avoiding um, some issues with segregation and um, looking for work. Um, and of all her siblings, she's the youngest. Um, they were all were over traveling, but but she she embraces it as part of who she is. And she's
4: also um, with growing up. She also was. Uh, um did a lot of construction with her entire family. Oh, so they yeah. worked on all the houses that they lived in.
3: There was a crazy sweat equity program, um, that, the, the bank, the banks used to do where it's like, you take a old, uh, take a fixer upper and you put all the labor into it and then they're going to come in and inspect it. And if it passes inspection, the idea was that you get to keep the home. Wow. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. On the great idea, right? Yeah. Um, uh, her family was burned twice from that program. Yeah,
4: like four times. Oh. Um, yeah, It's a lot.
3: Um, but just an incredible lady. But So anyway, she does have plans to travel with her house. She would be, of course, hiring a, a driver. To, and she's got this amazing truck, but her traveling that she does, and she's done a little bit of this already, she does artists in residency at different museums, um, or she'll go to cultural festivals. And uh, she welcomes people into their home. And entering her home and having a conversation with her is like entering a alternate reality. Well, I was going
1: to I was going to say I'm looking at the pictures of her house and it's very hard to be- for me to believe that a legally blind person actually built this thing. Right? <laughs> and and mostly by herself?
4: Yes. Yeah, yeah, mostly by herself. It took
3: her 3 years. Even, she says
1: Sorry, I was okay. going to say even the some of the the way she sculpted this wood, it looks like a legally blind could, person could not do that.
4: No, she's just yeah, beautiful. She, that's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. We got some. We got some awesome pictures of that on our Instagram too, because it's uh, it, it's some of the better better shots that we got. On so there. photogenic. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: But um, but talking with her, she's she's big on storytelling, and so when she invites you in her home, she she's telling stories from her travels, and somehow is pulling out stories from you, and and but she weaves it all with this great historical context context of nomadic tribes and. Um, the history of forced migration, and so just a fascinating person to talk to. But when we met her, um, we she was in residency in a Joshua Tree, um, staying with um, a couple musicians and helping them to craft their space to make it into like an artist retreat. Um, and so, but there was a level of community that she was creating with her hosts, uh, where they became close and helped one another out. And so th- there's this new kind of community of where you can be um you know the dirty word transient but you can be a nomadic and still be building community. Yeah. yeah.
2: So my my um my co-host can tell me if I've ever said this before but I think I want to be you when I grow up.
1: Yeah, you said that before.
2: Have I said that before? <laughs> To every, no, <laughs> to every guest, no, not every guest. Hey, um, this is this is the reason why we do what we do, and I'm I'm sure you agree. It's hearing the stories, um, the personalities, and hearing all this inspiration um, from your project. Uh, we we sincerely, sincerely appreciate your efforts. We we appreciate your time, your creativity. Um, Perry, you want to add any more accolades? You
1: were wrapping it up. I was just going to look at you and say, keep going. You're wrapping it up. So thank you so much for being on the show, you two. It was great hearing your stories and great having you on the show.
4: Thank you.
3: Our pleasure. Yeah,
4: Thank you very much.
3: And if you want to hitch a ride, we got a couch that's pretty comfy.
2: Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) I'm intrigued.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We need a ride to the
1: Jamboree. Yeah,
0: Portland to the Jamboree.
2: They're they're brushed. already yeah. gonna be there though, so but oh, hey, maybe true. you got a couch to sleep on there there you go. Hey, yeah,
0: couch surfing. <laughs> right.
2: Thank sure. you, listeners. Um, Mark, do we have a guest next week?
0: We do. It's Brian and Jen Danger. Who the hell are they?
2: I don't know. Mark booked them. Oh, okay.
0: Matt Monroe said we need to talk to him.
1: Okay. So next week, listeners, we're gonna be talking with someone we've never met before.
2: Dangerous. <laughs> Danger. We're gonna have a Watch dangerous yourself. conversation.
0: I wait to the danger zone. That's all There's so much coming oh out next year, next right. episode.
2: Thank you, listeners. Yeah, thanks so
1: much for being with us. Have Thank a good, good
0: week.
2: Bye. Bye. Thank
0: you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Main. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sitecast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five star rating or whatever. You tiny house loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon.